0: This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code HAPPY at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Hey guys, it is time for another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome back to my podcast. I assume you've been here before. If not, welcome aboard. Hope you enjoy the trip. Uh, this week's guest, uh, it's kind of funny. This this was not planned this way, but if you wasn't to last week's show, it was the delightful Colin Firth, starring in Kingsman. Again, highly recommended hugely entertaining. Uh and of course well known for starring in Love Actually and Bridget Jones, one of the the coolest British actors of our time. Well, this week's show uh purely by coincidence is his co-star in Love Actually and Bridget Jones, Mr. Hugh Grant. Uh yeah, Hugh Grant. That's crazy, right? Um this is a this is a cool one. Hugh Grant is obviously an amazing screen presence somebody that um has a an amazing hold on the romantic comedy genre. Like there's nobody more identified, I think in the last 20 years with great romantic comedies, like love, actually like four weddings and a funeral. Um, he, uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't actually work. A, he doesn't work much nowadays, which is interesting. Uh, we alluded to this in the interview. If you guys don't know it, the last few years, Hugh has been very much involved in kind of the anti-hacking campaign over in England. Uh, he is, uh, no friend to Rupert Murdoch. Uh, let's put it that way. You guys can Google all that and, 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 and find out what he's been up to. We don't really spend a ton of time on the po- political side of things. There's too much, um, cool stuff about his career I wanted to cover here. But, uh, suffice it to say, because of this political campaign the last few years for him, he really hasn't been doing much acting. He appeared in Cloud Atlas, which, was amazing. I love Cloud Atlas. We talk about that. And he's now in a new film called The Rewrite, which is back in kind of the romantic comedy genre. It's out right now. It's on VOD. It reteams him with Mark Lawrence, who has directed him in a bunch of um, his most notable romantic comedies and uh, also features Mercer Tomei and Bella Heathcote and a, a whole, a whole great assortment of cast members alison Janney's in it JK Simmons uh so check that out if you like all the stuff that Hugh Grant delivers in comedies because it's all there for you um this was also cool just because Hugh uh has a reputation as being sort of like a really uh, difficult is too strong a word but he he doesn't he's not necessarily like media friendly um and I mean that uh, in a not necessarily negative way he's um I keep, I feel like I keep saying this about guests that we have on the show and the ones I tend to really like are ones that are, um, truly authentic and really don't, you know, BS people and that's what Hugh Grant is. He, uh, really doesn't suffer fools and, uh, uh, that's I think what made this conversation really fun to kind of go back and forth with him a little bit and get some of that, um, amazing wit. (laughs) <laughs> of hugh grant uh this is a fun one uh got a chance to go down um most of m- my favorite films of his in-, in his career and just bounce around and get a ser- sort of sense of where he's at today um so i think without any further ado i'm going to toss it over to this conversation with mr hugh grant as always guys hit me up on twitter joshua horowitz and uh check out all the amazing wolf Pop.com podcasts at wolfpop.com, that kind of makes sense, right? Uh, and now on with the show, Mr. Hugh Grant. Thanks for submitting to this. On, what oh, has to be a joyous day, a junket day. This is this is a string of horse and hound jokes thrown in your face yes
1: yes and i i got a good fake laugh every time
0: (laughs) and 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 the baton has been passed uh last week's guest on the podcast was mr colin firth who sends his regards oh yes okay (laughs) so um we're starting there congratulations on on the film i very much enjoyed the rewrite Mm. um thank you a a fun um reteaming of someone clearly you trust yes in in a a profound way because you're notoriously picky you know this is, is, it, is it is that justified?
1: Uh, yes, but all, uh, on top of my pickiness, I now also have another job. In, in that I'm sort of, uh, much to my surprise, I turned out, I turn out to be a full-time uh, political campaigner in Britain, and uh, so I don't even have my eye on show business at all. Do, do you feel like you have a less of a sense of
0: also like where the industry is at? Because I mean, so much has changed in. It yes. seems like so iterative in the last couple of years, and obviously we just have to look at what's playing at the multiplex. It's, it is night and day from what it was five years ago or ten years ago.
1: Yes. I have no idea what's going on.
0: <laughs> I'm here to educate you, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just reenact all the Marvel movies for you and tell you what's been going on with the Avengers. Yes, do that. Please. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, is that, is that a factor in any way, or is it mostly, do you, do you, is is it this kind of crazy side political pursuit that's kind of just organically happened?
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 the it's the latter. It's just uh, I ended up in this in this campaign, and it's very obsessive and very time intensive, and uh, it's that. It's not that I looked at the film industry and thought I don't want to be part of that anymore. Right, I'm done with that sordid affair. <laughs> um, <laughs> although I will say, and yes. I suppose one just starts to, starts to sound middle aged at this point, but. I always had a soft spot for the sort of romance glamour of uh, cinema Yeah. and of things shot on film and projected uh, light through celluloid in a big cinema with lots of people you're there. You're confusing listeners now. They don't understand what you're talking about. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and the Cannes Film Festival and and uh, a night out and all that. And, and I, I, uh, so I'm, I do have a soft spot for that. Now that everything's... Sort of shot on digital, and and you know, you know people watched it on their little laptop. I, I don't know that it has quite the same glamour. It, it is a shame, and it's. I mean, look, I mean. The last
0: time a lot of people saw you, uh, was under a lot of different stages of makeup in something like Cloud Atlas. And, and those are some filmmakers that, that need the big screen, that fill the big yes, screen. And I love
1: those filmmakers.
0: I mean, genius. I, I'm yeah. one of those. I mean, you, yeah. I don't know if you can tell us from like a mile away, but I'm, uh, that was my favorite film of the year. Oh, really? Uh, Cloud Atlas. I found so moving and wonderful <laughs> and bizarre
1: and all of every adjective yeah, you could yeah, think of. Yeah. Um, and it's really cinema. It is. Yeah. And uh, some people, they just have cinematic genes, and, and they've... You know, I um, once read a book about Polanski and his uh, film school at uh, Lodge in Poland, where he went, and how they, they were never allowed even to use 16mm film. They always had to use 35mm, but they had to think <laughs> big and cinematic. Yeah. And I just personally have a great taste for that. Did you get along with Polanski? That was one. That was, I think that was one of the first films I saw you in, was,
0: was Bitter Moon, right? Bitter Moon, Yeah. yeah. Because um, he, he's notorious in terms of just his manner, he's not necessarily a coddler of actors. From what he's, I he's gather, not a
1: cuddler, no. I, I got off very lightly. I, it, but um, I, I saw him with some of the other actors um, saying, "Oh, for fuck's sake, don't oh, do it like this. Do it like this." And oh, you pick up the cup like this, and then you say the like, you know. And he'd give line readings and all the things you're not supposed to do as a director.
0: <laughs> do you? How do you? How do you uh, interact with the director if they give you a line reading? Are you open to that, or is that a no go for you? Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a no go. Well,
1: it is. It is curiously destructive, but that, um, that's a polite way of putting it. But there are other—I th- mean, you know—there's just a few. There's about five golden rules for directors right. uh, with working with actors, and that's one of them. Another one, which m- m- many fewer directors know, which is very important. In fact, the whole crew should know. Is never say to someone. Oh, I love it the way you say that line. I love it the way you said that line in rehearsal or in the first take. Do that again. Or worse, you know, that little thing you did with your eyebrow or that little snort you made. Because, because then you'll no, just do that. There is No, no there's no chance you'll ever be able to do it again. Oh, I see. The moment comes up and you've switched from instinctive right brain into cognitive left brain and it just won't happen. Right. It's like when you were a kid and your mother said... Do that imitation of the prime minister in front of her friends,
0: Mom. Not now. You can't <laughs> do it. You know,
1: not, not under pressure.
0: <laughs> Does, uh, it's interesting because what strikes me some, uh, very much about your your method, if we want to call it that, or your persona or what you bring to a character is is a very natural, a naturalistic approach. So there's a, there's a very little falseness about what you uh, bring to the screen, and I, I feel like that extends to my sense of you and reading about you and following you through the years is. You have a, a pretty good BS meter, and that you're not so into um, what what goes hand in hand with a lot of Hollywood, it seems, and filmmaking, which is platitudes and empty.
1: I find it hard to say, "Oh my God, it was such an honor to be part of this experience, and it was a, I really learned from it." <laughs> and uh, it's like I feel, you know, so privileged and uh, <laughs> excited. Uh, I can't do all that crap. Right?
0: No. Has that? Has that? affected things in any negative way, or is that in, in, in a way almost
1: maybe it helped you on? I don't it? know. I, I probably, I'm hated. I, I find <laughs> lots of people, uh, especially actors. I, I don't know. Would, uh, for
0: Mark, who, the, I believe this is your fourth collaboration with Mark Lawrence, yes. the writer-director of this one, is he somebody that, is it simply just you respond to the writing? You like the writing? You like the way he conducts
1: a set? Or is it? Yeah, I like the writing. I, you know, um, I, the, the, the dialogue makes me laugh, and then, um, there's charm, uh, which is becoming an increasingly rare commodity. <laughs> and I think, uh, the fact that he loves people so much, particularly sort of unlikely people like uh, students or, or, uh, professors at a downtrodden university, there's a sort of, um, I find that charming. Uh, And I find him uh, extremely charming as an individual because he's such a sort of eccentric. You know, he's almost entirely nocturnal. And so is his whole family, including, his. you know, when I first knew him, one of his kids was three and lived by night as well. (laughs) What goes on in the night of Mark Lawrence? Well, they're all extraordinarily talented and gifted. They're all making music and films and stuff like that. And, um, his apartment really is something to behold. They, they've never used their kitchen. They they take out for every single meal for the last 20 years.
0: Oh, I might get along with him. I, I do not. Well, m- mean can. my wife do not
1: cook? Oh, well, there you have Literally it. Literally un- But do you at least order from the same takeout? Because they, well, the whole. Lawrence there are three or four, four that we
0: rotate between. We no, like but to I mean, would you up. have
1: the same as your wife? Because all the Lawrences have something different. Wait, wait, wait! <laughs> <laughs> yes, when they sit down for a meal, they're all easy eating. ones—using eating Chinese ones, using—that's remarkable. Okay, they've taken it a step further than I. Yeah,
0: yeah, their eccentricity outdoes mine, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, it, it, he's also someone that is a true collaborator. It's not—I mean, you, yes, you're, exactly. I mean, you're you, you're well known as someone that's not necessarily—you're not an actor for hire that's just going to show up on set, read the lines, and just go about your business. You want to be a part of the process. Fair uh, to say,
1: well, uh, I do quite like doing that more because um, it's comforting.
0: Um, Less on the brain, just sort of like going <laughs> on <the> a pilot. <laughs> uh,
1: Why do I don't, know. Really I, I, I d- I don't like. I, yeah, I feel I, I'm very sensitive to being patronized or belittled. And if people think you know, he's just an actor, just turn up and say your lines, love, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. Right. Um, I like people who at least pretend to value my opinion on the <laughs> on the material, and uh, and I certainly love um, improvising. And uh, trying new stuff, uh, you know, because it's strange how often that works and is the take you use.
0: Invariably, do you find that the take that, I guess you just said it in the last thing you said, it's invariably you do find that that it's not necessarily the one that you've kept to the letter of the law on that that makes the final cut. Well, not always.
1: I mean, sometimes you you say, you know, what I like to do is do three or four takes as per the script and then let's mess around a bit. And sometimes the messing around is just deeply embarrassing and unfunny and and you don't use it, but it it, it, it does work quite a a lot of the time because the camera, movie cameras, are strangely uh, susceptible and in love with spontaneity. Anything spontaneous you find you want in a film. And stuff that's just being repeated is just a little bit deader. Yeah. And uh, I've noticed over the years, American actors are really good at messing around with the text and improvising and doing different things in each take. And British actors are much more formal and theatrical. I think it's important to be uh, <laughs> devout with the
0: You're text. You're traitor to your own people. So. Yeah, I am a little. It, yeah. <laughs> you might enjoy, I don't know how well-versed you are in the, in the works of Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, because I've been on some of their sets. Mm-hmm. And I mean, literally, Anchorman 2, the latest film they did, yeah. mm-hmm. there is an actual alternate cut that you can watch on Netflix of a different joke... At every precise moment of the film, it's, yeah. it's the same story with yes. different jokes, and yeah. it's fascinating.
1: Yeah, fascinating. And
0: it's actually, honestly, both are extremely funny,
1: and both work in a, in a way. Yes, yes. Um, yes.
0: Have you ever have you ever talked to McKay, or have you? I mean, I, I know it would no, be no,
1: amazing no. in that. In that, no, but I know what you mean. And you know, those really clever comedians—that's how they make films. They're, they're, who's that woman who does Bridesmaids and all that? Um, oh, like Kristen Wiig, and yeah, yeah, they're geniuses, and uh, Paul Rudd, and. Uh, uh,
0: and mm-hmm. they're the exception to the rule, I think, of, you know, just looking at the landscape of comedy today, which is which is not, I mean, it, there's some great stuff out there, but like the, the quote unquote, and this has per- pejoratives sadly attached to it, but the romantic comedy genre feels like it's not at its strongest <laughs> <laughs> point. Yeah, I agree. Fair to
1: say? You, I agree with you. Yeah.
0: Is that something just that cyclical, you think, that's just bound to come around again, or have we been swallowed up by superheroes forever?
1: Well, I don't listen. I'm no fan of romantic comedies. I, I don't know how I ended up doing so many. Of them. <laughs> I can only apologise. But um, I do. I, just a sort of from an objective, and interesting point of view, I I wonder if romance doesn't exist in the way that it once. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I I'm not so sure. For a start, how would you really do a romantic comedy now? Because. People don't talk to each other. They text or they Facebook each other.
0: Not quite a cin- cinematic. To
1: it's not a cinematic. Yeah, yeah. That's not how people respond. It's not. It's not people don't meet. They meet on Tinder or whatever. You know. <laughs> Even something which
0: actually worked, I think, on its own level, like uh, you've got Mail, um, which did it well with that feel. I was watching that the other day. It feels like it's from Yes Cecil B. DeMille made. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's absurd. Yes, yes. Um, do you? So, so it's something like this, I mean, are you, are you less critical of your own work than you once were, or have you always been kind of like, when you look at yourself in something like the rewrite, can you appreciate it on its own
1: level? With the film or me? I guess you. Um, well, I think I'm good in one scene. <laughs> so let me know so I can look out for it, because I think there are a few in there that are pretty good. <laughs> no, actually, I, think, I agree. I think there's about two or three scenes where I think that's, that's not bad. <laughs> The rest, I have, I have issues. Really? Yeah.
0: So, are you are you in the edit room? Do you pay Mark a visit and say,
1: um, "How about?" He's this very one? kind and sends me early edits, and I send him notes, and, and then he's very clever at ignoring them while making me think that I want it.
0: <laughs> you mentioned your foray into politics has has that affected the career? You think? Do you think like Rupert Murdoch is not sending you scripts <laughs> because of what you? clearly feel and say and do? And does
1: that bother you? you no, know, it doesn't bother me at all if that's the case. There was a Fox thing that was floated by my agent a couple of years ago. And I had to say, well, I mean, I'm sure that the film would be great, but it's going to have to be another studio. Really? Yeah. Apart from anything else, I'd be accused of gross hypocrisy. Right. Yeah. Right. So
0: is this... I've heard you talk about this recently, this kind of portion of your life, there is an endpoint for
1: you in terms of the political side of things. This is not necessarily your life's work now. Correct. I, I bloody hope there's an end point. I don't want to, I mean, it's already taken many more years than I hoped it would take.
0: Are you, are you a big consumer of, of film? Were you always growing up?
1: Uh, no, I wasn't really. Uh, and I've had phases when I'm very much into it and then phases when I'm less into it. Um, Funny enough, it was it was Bitter Moon and Polanski that really first sort of got me interested in cinema, as opposed to just sort of movies yeah. and uh, the art of cinema and uh, and the beauty of it and the romance and uh, those are still if I if I go to the cinema that's really what I want to be watching I want to be watching Kislovsky or you know that that type of thing um, more than I want to be watching. Uh, a Hollywood uh, sequel, blockbuster. Right.
0: Does it does it feel like? I mean, what, what is your own relationship to your career in that? As you as you experience, I would think day to day, moment to moment, the, the the kind of films that people, you know, mention to you, scream at you. I don't know how they interact with you on a moment to moment basis. It sounds like they're not necessarily the kinds of films that you kind of put on a pedestal. The ones that I get offered you? Maybe. No, not offered, that people reference, that people talk to you about. They want to talk to you, I'm sure, about
1: Bridget Jones, etc. Oh, that, yeah. And it's probably not necessarily... Well, no, there's a great art to um making uh, a, a good film in any genre, and, and that, that includes romantic comedies and uh, popular romantic comedies, too. You know, getting them right, very, 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 very difficult, and... um uh, okay, it might not be Kislovsky, but there's, there's other issues which are uh, as difficult and as precise and, uh, and requiring just as much talent. Um, you know, really good funny writing and managing to preserve funny writing through uh, production, because everything in production is really trying to kill comedy. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the wrong actor, the wrong camera angle, the wrong music, the wrong prop. Um, is is an amazing and very, very difficult art. Yeah. And it's why I really admire people who, whose films end up as funny as, you know, Judd Apatow or someone else. It's, it's bloody difficult.
0: All right, guys, time for a quick break from Happy, Say, Confused to tell you about our friends over at Squarespace. Building a website can be tough. And even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful website templates for you to work with. Not only that, those templates are part of Squarespace's responsive design, which means your website scales to look great on any device, any device, big or small. So further minimizes all those hassles about making a website on your own. Every website you build also comes with a free online store if you need it. Just need something super minimalistic but powerful. While well, their cover page feature also allows you to set up a beautiful one-page online presence in just minutes. You guys know as well as I do, there are a ton of options out there thrown at you about creating websites. And if you're like me, you probably have no idea where to turn except – That you've heard all the buzz about Squarespace in recent years. Everybody's talking about them as the ones to turn to. Seriously, guys, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. They give you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You can even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So what are you waiting for? Guys, come on. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code HAPPY to get 10% off your first purchase, and of course, to show your support for Happy, Sad, Confused. We want to thank Squarespace for their support of Happy, Sad, Confused, and remind you guys, Squarespace built it beautiful. Hey guys, time for a special message from a sponsor of Happy, Sad, Confused that I am profoundly excited about because I use these guys all the time. They are Warby Parker. Yes, Warby Parker. If you don't know about these guys, uh they're kind of the best. It's a new concept in eyewear. Contemporary eyeglasses that are super affordable and fashion-forward. Um, I only wear Warby Parker glasses. Have for years. I swear to you guys, they are the ones to go to for affordability. And they also look great, and they're high quality. And let's talk about the price for a second. So glasses – should not tend to be as much as an iPhone nowadays. And back in the day they were, and some still are, but Warby Parker's prescription glasses literally start at $95. That's including the prescription lenses. Their titanium collection starts at 145. That's their high end. That's also including prescription lenses. They use premium Japanese titanium and French non-rocking screws. I don't know what that means, but I know it means they're high quality because I use them every day. All glasses include anti-reflective and anti-glare coating. No additional cost for that. All glasses include a hard case and cleaning cloth. No additional items you need to purchase. That's all included. And options include both glasses, eating glasses on sunglasses they're all available for you guys they're making buying glasses super easy for you guys too you can do it all online and risk-free they have this thing called a home try-on program which allows you to order five pairs of glasses they're shipped directly to you and then you can try them on in the comfort of your own home you can ask your girlfriend or boyfriend what they think ask friends and family and colleagues get their final go-ahead before you actually purchase them you guys get to keep those frames for five days before sending them back all for free using the prepaid return shipping label, no obligation to purchase. So it's it honestly could not be more easy. When you place an order for prescription glasses, you're going to get them uh right away and have them literally like within 10 business days, you get those glasses. They usually arrive actually even faster than that. And also – as if all that was not enough, for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Uh, truly, this is a, it's a, it's a great brand. I, I, I as I said before, I wear them all the time. I love to get new try on new frames and just sort of see what works. And uh, there's this is a no lose scenario for you guys. Go to WarbyParker.com/happy. Choose your five glasses for free. Uh, try them on at home, send the frames back, choose your favorite pair, and order. Uh, by visiting that URL, warbyparker.com happy, you're going to get a free three-day shipping on your final frame choice. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free and free shipping all around. Uh, get to it, guys. Warby Parker, they're where it's at. It's also interesting to look at the films you succeeded in the, the career you've carved out, especially in in the comedic realm, where people talk a lot about typecasting. In a way, I feel like you had took a very bold move, and you kind of you in many, many of your films embraced kind of a persona. Not to say you're playing the same role, but you're playing riffs off of something that that work. I mean, is that not fair to say? I'm judging by body language that maybe it's not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think. Um Maybe in the early years after Four Weddings and a Funeral I was a bit guilty thinking, oh I see, well the world loves me when I'm this (laughs) stuttery person so I'll do a bit more of that. And I hate myself for having done that. Uh, But after that, you know, if you look at uh, the Richard Jones films or About a Boy, they seem to me to be quite different characters to sort of uh, diffident heroes of, of, of Notting Hill or four weddings and a funeral sure. so I'm always slightly surprised and a little bit hurt when people say oh it's just the same old hue because I think they're different oh no I've upset you no no, no not any not more <laughs> than anyone else <laughs> oh, <come> on. <laughs> I mean, I'm on equal footing with the rest of the
0: planet <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the um, this is out of my field but I'm always curious and I talked to Colin about this too but w- was Bond ever something way back in the day that was seriously talked about for you no never one conversation with the broccolis or anything like no. that No. If it had come, would you have said, yeah, let's talk about it?
1: I mean, if it had come, it would have been much earlier after Four Weddings. And I think uh, Bond was a very different beast then. It wasn't the really sexy, excellent films that have been the last three or four. It was more, you know, it wasn't as great. Yeah, they figured it out in recent years. They really figured it out. Yeah. Uh,
0: Do you know Daniel at all? Have you?
1: I I don't know him at all.
0: Yeah. Who were... Who do you consider your contemporaries that you kind of came of age with in, in well, the Colin. Colin?
1: Yeah, Colin. And um, I love him. I mean, he's my... Uh, this, we, we, we love making films together and we sit there and bitch. and
0: uh, <laughs> so so. Can he hold a candle to Hugh Grant's bitching?
1: oh yes (laughs) he just hides it much better than you yes there's plenty of poison there dear oh my god he's he really like well there may be less now because he's so successful (laughs) but uh on the Bridget films we could have a very good toxicity fest (laughs)
0: Well, uh, why the, it seems like, uh, and I feel badly even bringing it up because again, I know it follows you every single day, but your time, Richard, is over, it sounds like. I know there were fortations with doing
1: a third one that you're just not interested in. Is that just that's, about? That's, well, that's not true. I mean, I, there was a script a few years ago, or a couple of years ago, maybe less, and it was actually, a, it's a very funny premise and it's got a very good, uh, setup. But, uh, I really tried to help them make the whole thing work. And you know, I, I kept demanding new writers. I, I spent many, many days, weeks, trying to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. And uh, I just felt in the end it wasn't working. And they wanted to go in production. And I, I said, "Well, I'm uh, afraid I, I I can't say yes." So uh, they may make it, but with uh, you know they'll just rewrite it slightly and put in a different character for Daniel Cleen.
0: Right. And I know the end, I mean, they've had trouble nailing down a director. I know Paul Feig was there for a second. He was. Et cetera. He was. So, um, I do want to mention uh, Cloud Atlas a little bit more because, as I said, I'm obsessed with that one. I know many are. Was that... Were you a Wachowski fan prior to that one? Was that an easy yes when... I mean,
1: truly visionary. Yeah, they're proper cinema, uh, you know, filmmakers. And and, uh, I didn't understand a word of the Matrix, but I loved (laughs) all those films. And... um, so I thought I thought it was a joke when they wanted me to be in this thing, and I, I went to meet them and I said, "Are you joking?" And they said, "No, man, we love you." <laughs> and uh, and then I said, "All right, but just give me one more part because I, mm, I just I saw one other part I fancied, which was the uh, the old man, the, the brother of. Of um, like Brodman? or. Of. Um, Jim Brodman? do I have? Yeah, it? Jim. Yeah. and and uh, I said, I think I can play that. And then they said, sure, you play that. And then they said, yes. And I'm I'm very sad that it never really found enough audience. Although there are countries where apparently it was huge. Really? Czechoslovakia. (laughs) Gigantic. Who knew? They're very wise over there. Well, and they're very filmy. Are they? Very filmy. The whole of middle Europe there is, you know, there's a great tradition of big cinema.
0: Is there any solace to be taken to know that, like, it is a film that, while not financially successful has people that will talk about it to anyone that will listen till they're done. No,
1: I think that's a huge consolation. And after all, it's failure at the box office, although sad, was not it's not a disaster for me. I was just a tiny cog in a in a big wheel. But uh, uh I'm sad for them. I really loved the Wachowskis. It's
0: also a rare film in that we get to hear some some unique different kind of voices from you. I know you've resisted over the years not necessarily <laughs> doing an American accent. Is that something
1: that's you still hold fast to and feel Well, it's just... not really. I did do an American accent in a TV film in 1990. Uh, and, uh, and I, uh, yeah, I do an American accent in Tide Atlas. You're right, I'd forgotten that I do. As the uh, preacher uh, near the beginning. Is it just Is it
0: just a level that takes you out of that spontaneity? Is that? Is that uh, the.
1: Well, yes. I felt I couldn't. Uh... Yeah, spontaneity is exactly it. I, I. Because uh, it's not just an accent, i.e., Phonetics, sounds—it's a whole vocabulary, both of words and of um, physical movement. Right. It and just I always you think set a tools. sign of being yeah. really in a road is uh, even after the you, you've run out of the scripted dialogue, you kind of know what you'd say or do next. Right. And not having lived here that much, I I, I don't know to, uh, what the next thing an American character would say. Uh, I mean, I would get the, the vernacular wrong. I think had I ever lived here, I, I might have been able to do that, but I never did. So growing up, I mean, talking about like your, your kind of
0: preference and inclination towards spontaneity and, and kind of the more kind of like American ethic of actors in terms of just trying shit out and yeah. just going for Are the were those the actors that you gravitated towards growing up too? Were you idolizing more American actors
1: rather than British actors? No, I didn't idolize any actors at all growing up. Let's face it. I was I, you know, wasn't a big film fan or anything like that. Um, and I never really, I, I never had any, the slightest ambition to be an actor or in show business. It was only after I found myself in show business that I started to get interested. Was, by the
0: time Four Weddings came around, like, where were you at? Were you at a point where this is just never going to happen in the way that it's supposed to happen for big time no, actors? No, no, no.
1: Because I, 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 my ambition was never to be a big star or anything like that. Uh, I was just filling in time really wow. before I went and did something else I mean I yeah I was doing uh, writing and producing radio commercials for a time and was very happy doing that and then just happened to get cast in a film it's a long boring story but I uh, uh, I've never uh, it's never been the thing I desperately want to do
0: and you've said before I know that like you had no idea of making that film that it would turn out. In fact, you were petrified and thought it was going to turn out not so well, yes, to say the least, yes, right? Yes. Has that, has that um, judgment changed over the years in terms of, not about that film, but in terms of on a set, do you have any better sense of it turning out close to what you imagine it to be? or No, I'm still, still a very screen. bad judge of that. Yeah. Is, can anybody be? like? Is that just an empirical impossibility <laughs> by the nature of the beast? or? is that uniquely something you don't have
1: <laughs> I don't think anyone really knows yeah. anyone. It's, it's such a strange thing it's so strange e- everything is unexpected roles where thought, I thought I never really cracked that I, I didn't really I felt comfortable you get rave reviews for and uh, roles where you think I was pretty darn marvellous you get slightly uh, you know critical reviews no, those it's very strange.
0: One of those rare intersections, though, where it feels like I think I know you take pride in it, and I feel like commercially and critically it was about a boy. Yeah, like we all we all came to the consensus. <laughs> Hugh's awesome in this, and this is a great movie.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I agree that that was that turned out well.
0: Um, two other filmmakers I want to ask you about because I'm, I'm as fascinated by the greats behind the camera as in front. Um, Ang Lee yes who is another one who like from reputation is difficult maybe is too strong a word but is is it what taskmaster knows what he wants um you tell me how would you describe his methodology well i don't know what he's like
1: now but i think sense and sensibility was one of his very first western films right he'd only made taiwanese films before that yeah Uh, and the tradition in Taiwan is that the director is God and literally someone follows them around with a chair hovering behind them for when they want to sit down they don't even look around and so he was very surprised to come on a set of Sense and Sensibility where there's a lot of English lovies who like to chip in and say I don't think I want to say that you love or you know can we change the text of it here or you know or or want to change the the, the blocking the movement of the actors and I think he was very I'm very shocked um, <laughs> I'm going back to Taiwan, this is not how it's supposed yeah, to be yeah, yeah. But he's a lovely man uh, A really properly lovely man and uh, a, You know, a genius filmmaker
0: Did you have great affection for I, I, I'm legally bound to love and worship everything Woody Allen does As a lifelong New Yorker growing up And with the last name Horowitz, I'm obligated yes. Or did you, have, did you have affection for Woody prior to working with him?
1: Yes, I've always been completely obsessed with his films Right? Yes.
0: Uh, well, uh, I, always,
1: I, I mean I sort of was falling in love with film at the time of his absolute heyday. Yeah. Um with sort of Hannah and her sisters and all that. And I uh, uh bullets over Broadway um, I was like Broadway that. Danny Rose. Yeah.
0: Well what do you count uh, I like to ask people this like
1: what their favorite on you know,
0: Pure comedy is versus drama or dramedy. No. Oh, what God. would you put at the top? I feel like it's a good gauge of a human being.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you see, actually, I still laugh at, uh, you know, Love and Death. That's mine. That's my comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then I, I could go quite pretentious with my other one. Because although I revere, you know, many, many, many of his films, I. I um, uh, do I really think this?
0: <laughs> you're, in, you're in junket mode. You don't actually have to think of what. Uh, you don't actually have to believe what you're saying. No,
1: you know, but I'm interested. <laughs> You're gonna
0: go September or something like that. You're gonna go really hardcore drama. Well hang on, what's the really Fellini one? Like um about? Oh well there's wait, is that the one with Madonna, black and white? Uh, the, uh, where he's It's like East German kind uh, of
1: yeah, and he's he's at a
0: sort of Shadows, Shadows and, Fog? and Fog? Is that what you're thinking? Or no? Oh, Stardust Memories. Stardust Memories. Yes. That's pretty good. Pretty darn. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but and otherwise
1: it's gonna be yeah. Yeah, Broadway Danny Rose or Yeah. Um, Hannah on her sisters,
0: perhaps. I'm a crimes and misdemeanors man myself. That also yes, has yes, all yes, yes. So was he... Did he satisfy... I mean, you probably knew going in the lore about what it's like to work with him. You're not going to necessarily create find a lifelong buddy to go to mix <laughs> games with. Um, was it still rewarding, and just as a film fan, as just
1: someone... Yes, I mean, it was a massive treat. Uh, but I, it is, I mean, everyone will say the same. It is quite an unsettling experience. because. Shh. You don't get the whole script, uh, you just get your part. You have to you know, sort of torture the makeup women to try and find out what their whole story is because they've got the whole script. And um, absolutely no rehearsal and almost no feedback at all while you're shooting. Um,
0: <laughs> it's, like it's like an actor's worst nightmare in some respects. Actor well, it, it makes you very validation. insecure. You think yeah. you're going to
1: be replaced because he does love to replace actors if it's not working. And um, so it does make you very insecure.
0: I talked to I talked to Michael Keaton recently who notoriously was was that's let go right, halfway that's through that's Purple Rose right. of Cairo. Yeah. And he, he blames himself actually. He said he came up to Woody and it was getting no validation or anything and said, I don't know if I'm doing a good job here. And literally the next day, Woody was <laughs> made the change. Fucking hell. <laughs> that should teach you something. Yeah, <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. Um are you are you a consumer now? The film, I know you're, you're busy with politics, being a dad, obviously.
1: Uh, do you find that... Uh, well, I haven't been, but I actually got better recently. I, I've been to see most of the films that are nominated for Oscars this year.
0: What's uh, top of your list?
1: Well, I, uh, Boyhood, I thought, was unbelievable genius. Yeah. Um, the film I regret n- didn't get any nominations, even for BAFTAs, was Mr. Turner, the uh, Mike Lee film. I think that's amazing. Amazing. It's incredible acting. Uh, do you think you could you could work? I mean, he's notorious also for just his his yeah. just
0: a very unique approach. Yeah. Months of rehearsal, right, yes. Yes. and then getting to a finished script. Yeah. But I guess once he's actually on set, it's not improvised. It's actually to the letter of the script. I think so. I think so. I don't really
1: know. But I think so. Does yeah. that intrigue you? in any way, just uh, I think so. And particularly Mr. Turner, because written in this period language, which is very well rendered, and but every scene is so tight in terms of. Um the, but the performances and the, the the drama of them uh it makes other period pieces look so flabby by comparison yeah and great to see someone like Timothy Spall get a chance to really get genius, the genius and they're also
0: alive it's
1: uh, it's amazing
0: or the you talked about Colin as a contemporary who was there was there one in that group if there was a group to create one out of nothingness like to mm. imagine one that was considered that's the guy with the stuff that's like our Daniel Day-Lewis, thats the one that has like the most.
1: Well, it was Daniel Day-Lewis. was it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stumbled into him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was it? Yes. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying I wanted to be like him. You know, I was like, it's a completely different kettle of fish. I and mean, he's a, you know, he's a character actor and a, and a genius one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was the one winning Oscar after Oscar after Oscar. He
0: he. It's yeah. It's it's interesting. but it's a different
1: thing. He he's a quite a unique. You know, in terms of the history of cinema, it is quite rare that. To have someone who played leading roles, giving a massive character performance where yeah. he was unrecognizable from picture to picture—it's
0: like Lon Chaney like esque. It's, it's
1: it's absurd in the way he can. Yes, he, and yet when he was more himself, or yeah. you know, it was less characterized. Yeah. those were his less successful films. It's
0: a, I put him all in in that category of like. I remember I'll never forget like Gary Oldman, it who I was was and still am a huge yes. fan of. And seeing him on a late night talk show after a decade yeah. or two of watching him and hearing him in his own voice and yeah. being staggered that yes. who is this human being? I know.
1: I know. He's another <laughs> unbelievable chameleon. Unbelievable.
0: Insane. Yeah. Um, I- I- in our remaining moments, um, what are, what are you deriving the most joy from <laughs> in your life today? Is, is it, is it the side pursuits? Is it, is it the, is, is it potential future projects? What are you?
1: Well, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say something as corny or platitudinous, but I, my children are the nicest thing in my life now. Uh, I never thought I'd end up with three kids, young kids, in my early fifties, but that, I mean, that's proper joy. And, uh, and man? then, and then, uh, you know, the politics, although it's scary, is really fulfilling. I feel quite butch and manly doing it. Um,
0: Making a difference. This is important.
1: Well, I, yeah, who knew? I, I, because I never really cared much about anything. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is an unrecognizable Hugh Grant loving children know, changing the world what happened I, this isn't what we all signed up for here.
1: Uh, <laughs> are am very sorry
0: are any of the kids at, at the age where they can view enjoy film has Frozen entered into your world yet
1: which Frozen no it hasn't no they're still on Peppa Pig <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was Pepper Pig by the way I'm not familiar with Pepper's work
1: well I'm rather a fan <laughs> <laughs> Pepper Pig's a little pig and she goes to school and her, her French teacher is Madame Gazelle who I have a bit of a crush on I mean she is a gazelle but I still fancy her wow, well yeah. this,
0: this could be the next project Hugh Grant is Pepper Pig and we'll cast some lovely young actresses yep. as Anne Gazelle yes. um, congratulations on the rewrite It's it's, it's, it's been a pleasure to spend oh, well, it. nice. thank, thank you very much That's the show, guys. I'm Josh Horowitz. This has been Happy Sad Confused. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to WolfPop.com. Check out all the amazing shows over there. And most importantly, check back in next week for another edition of Happy Sad Confused.
1: Pop. Pop? Pop! Pop, 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 pop. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> Wolfpop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.